all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Say Powered by Overtime Media. Hello and welcome back into another off-season edition here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata, and we have a very fun episode in store for you. Very jam-packed episode, another one, because the Saints keep churning out the news, so we have a pretty big news segment, and then also we're going to do our next three teams in the best teams of the Drew Brees-Champagne era. This is kind of a series that we've been doing over the last few episodes, and now we only have six teams remaining, top six, and here are the teams that are left at this point. It's going to be the 2006 team, the 2009 team, the 2011 team, and then 17, 18, and 19. So really good teams overall. And, and you know, before we get into this, we're going to get into the news first before we get into uh, that topic. I mean, these teams are so good. You could talk about them going either way. I mean, there's so many different discussions. I think there was a big discussion last uh, last time by putting the 2013 team who actually won a playoff game over a team that didn't win a playoff game in the 2019 team. But we'll get into all that later. But first... We have some news for you. Two signings the Saints did. And we're just going to do them in chronological order. So the first, the Saints re-signed Patrick Omame, who's just a depth offensive lineman who's going to come in here and be a backup that can do so many different things. What I like about him is that last year, he was solid. I mean, really no complaints from him when he played. Now, he didn't play that much. I think we all know that. But when he did play, you didn't see a huge letdown. That's probably because you have a lot of other really great offensive lines, uh, linemen, excuse me, that um that he's that he was playing with, but he played left tackle and he was pretty good, you know, and he did a very good job there. And to me, that's um that's big. And then also he played guard as well, so he was able to do to me a a, a solid job, a solid job when he played. He played in 14 games as kind of like the sixth offensive lineman in the jumbo packages, but he also did. He just came in when people were out, kind of especially the tackles. He played a lot of left tackle. But then also he was able to play guard when I think Larry Walford went out for a little time. And then like just like within a game, he just went out for a little. And then Omame came in. So he's like the emergency guy that came in. And I do like that the Saints have him in this spot. Because maybe long term he's not good. We, we haven't seen him long term. But the thing I do know is he's got a lot of starts under his belt. And the one thing he could do is that he can just come in. He has a lot of experience. He's going to come in and at least do the job solid enough for at least one game. And it could be a long time because you're looking at he started 16 games off the bat in his first season then he started 9 7 13 out of 13 and he had a pretty good year in Jacksonville and then kind of had a rough year in 2018 but ended up with 11 starts and then had one last year so I mean even in 2017 and 18 he combined for 24 starts that's really good you you add that to the 16 he started in the two years combined and then you add it to the other 16 I mean he started he has started games and look to, to some he's some has been really good some have been really bad, but again, he's a kind of an up and down player. And look, you shouldn't be wanting him long term as your you know left tackle or something. But he is not a bad tackle to come in here or guard whoever he's going to play because he really played both. You know, he's he's a guy that's a veteran type player that can play a lot of different positions, has done it all, and also you know he's six four, three hundred thirty pounds. Like that's something that you just love to see. And he's got the physical traits, and he's been able to sometimes put it all together. Sometimes he hasn't been able to. I thought he was pretty solid last year. I mean, PFF, I believe, was, I mean, it was close to 60. I mean, he was at 59, so he was right there, kind of just as, like, an average player. And I, and I do think that he was average. He didn't do anything outstanding, but he didn't do anything terrible. And, and 
I, I do think that that's something to at least say and something to point out. I mean, some years he was a, a little better, some years he was a little worse. But, you know, he's always been just around, kind of just teetering around in, that, in those 60s um, and then 50s as well, high 50s as well. So, again, kind of interesting how that how that all worked out. I do like the signing. I told you guys at the beginning I would really love to see Omame back. I thought he offered great depth, especially in-game depth. He just knows how to play all the different positions, and that's so helpful. Yeah, and he's average, and maybe you want to say he's, you know, just a run-of-a-muck player that, you know, but at least he can play the position pretty well and is solid. And, look, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be a long-term fix. By no means he's not that. But he is a player that's going to come in here and just do a solid things as your backup alignment, and you love that, especially because a lot of our backup alignment are not veterans, so he gives a nice veteran um, experience to them, and I, I do think that's very important when looking at Omame, and I, I wanted to re-sign him since the beginning, I know he'd be cheap, and it was just a player you put on your roster, and he's gonna, he, you, you may hear him down the line to start a big game, or maybe it won't be as big as a game, but he'll, he may come down the line and start a game, and you'll be like, okay, for a game, he's good, like a game, he's fine, we're hoping that he's okay. You know, and the, the Saints did that this year worked. You're hoping it does the same next year. Now, I don't know. Like, he's been a lot of up and downs. Was last year an up? I don't think so. I think it was kind of the first year where he kind of evened out. I don't think he was bad by any stretch of the imagination. You didn't hear his name a lot during the season, which is always good for offensive linemen. That means their names aren't be called for sacks and holding penalties and stuff like that. But again, he's a player that really, I mean, look, he's just a solid, solid backup. And again, I think he kind of found his spot with the Saints like that. I mean, look, he only had one penalty last year in over 150 snaps. Like that, that's pretty solid. I mean, only one sack allowed, you know, he was, he was pretty good. And look, is he the best, is he the best tackle or guard ever? No, but he could do a lot of different things. And as a backup, to me, that's very important. And yes, he may not, let's just say someone got out for the season. Yeah. He may have not, he may not come in to play a whole position for an entire year, but let's say someone's out for two games, and then he could step right in there and do your good job for two games, and then you kind of worry about um, he'll just plug and play right in there. Now, maybe he's not a long-term fix. Maybe he is. We haven't really seen that with the Saints yet, but we've seen him come in, plug and play, and do a pretty good job when he played. And the second signing, which I thought was even more interesting than the Omame signing, which is, again, I think one that was going to happen because he's a player that I think... The Saints liked him, and I do think that he kind of fills a role on the team, which is just important to have a player like that. But the Saints do sign former Packer, Ravens, and Jets running back slash receiver Ty Montgomery. Interesting. Very interesting move. And there's and there's so many layers to this, what he can do for this team, because I don't think that he's going to be, obviously, your number one running back. I don't think he's going to be your number two running back. And he may not even be number three running back, but I think he he could easily outplay Dwayne Washington for that third third back. I think he's better than Dwayne Washington. That's just my opinion at running the football. But I am very interested to see what the Saints do with him in the receiving front. Because right now, the Saints obviously have Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, who should be very, very good. But behind that, for them too, it's, it's a little shaky. But not every team has a great third receiver. But behind them, you know, you have Traquan Smith, who you're hoping steps up a little bit. Obviously, you have Cook, Kamara, and then Troutman, and then also, you know, you're hoping Montgomery, and you're hoping that Montgomery, and then Deontay Harris as well, you're hoping that Montgomery comes in here and could be a third or fourth receiver, I think, more more than a running back. And I think he could do that too, and I do think in certain situations, he could be your running back, especially if an injury happened, he can step in and do a good job. But I do think that when looking at how, team, how his past teams used him, it's just, it is interesting, and... I think the Saints have to go to a more when the Packers use him because, 
Look, I mean, since he had a really good year in 2016, I mean, he started the last, like, eight games, including the playoffs, with the Packers, and that was very good. I mean, he started six games in the, the, the regular season, and then he ended up starting three playoff games. So he started nine games that season, and he ended up with um, rushing the ball over 450 yards, three touchdowns, and, th- and then that was just in the regular season. And then he also added 44 receptions. That's in six starts. That's That's pretty solid, I think. And he was able to do a lot of things. I was watching film from that season, and he was able to just do a lot of things, not only in the backfield running the football, but also they split him out a ton, and he played the slot. Now, the Saints don't really have a real slot receiver. Now, they have guys that could play in the slot, like Michael Thomas, obviously, would be he could play in the slot, so can Emmanuel Sanders. But you would love to see them on the outside, because, I mean, you can, you can use them for more versatility. Now, they could play on the inside as well, but it would be great to have a full, full-fledged slot receiver. And I do think that Mount Montgomery could become that. It's interesting. I, I mean, his route running in the short area is good. It is. And um, he doesn't do much after the catch, in my opinion. And um, But he's got really good hands, and he's a player that could turn it upfield. He's got very good vision, especially moving um, in space. But when it's like a one-on-one, he needs to break a tackle, doesn't do it that often. But once he gets past like that first guy, I mean, or the, the first hole, he's, I mean, he's re- his vision's very good. I like his vision. Again, the speed's not amazing. The, um, the the breakaway ability is not amazing. He's got good hands, really solid hands. I mean, I was watching film. I didn't really see him drop any balls. So, I mean, that's obviously really good. And he's a guy that could, I think, potentially play a flex role for the Saints. And the Saints have been shown that they could, you know, they, they, they concocted a role for Taysom Hill. So you think that you can concoct a role for Ty Montgomery. And I do think that is very interesting. And he also can play special teams. So let's just say, I do think there's a spot for him on this roster. I, I do not think that he is a just camp body. I think he's more of a fourth receiver or a third receiver, a third running back as well. So he fills both of those kind of, uh, those those check marks or those, those boxes. And then also he plays special teams as well. All those things really helpful. And if you could do all three of those things at at least an average level, he's going to make this roster easily. Now I do think that Looking at his running ability, he's he's a pretty solid running back, and I do think that, look, he was a solid backup with the Jets last year. I mean, look, he didn't really do that much with them, but again, he only had 45 touches. Like, I mean, they had Le'Veon Bell back there. You're not going to really rush Montgomery that much when you have a three-down Bell cow like Bell. So they didn't use him that much. He only had 45 touches the whole season, and he played all 16 games. So when you're looking at it, how, how many touches is that? Three touches? Less than three touches a game? Like, I mean, that's something that, again, is something that, Kind of is what it is. I mean, that's something... Look, it's not... He didn't get the, the enough touches, in my opinion, to really warrant that season. So he had a lost season with the Jets. And the Jets, they don't really know how to use players. I don't think anybody trusts Adam Gase. And, again, when you're so behind someone like Le'Veon Bell, I mean, you don't really know what's happening. Then you go to the year before. So Montgomery starts off with the Green Bay. But at this point, you see Aaron Jones really take uh, take a take a jump onto the scene this season. And he's going to really take control of that starting that starting job. So after seven games, he gets traded. And Montgomery wasn't doing awful with the Packers. I mean, in seven games, he just wasn't wasn't really a, a factor. He only had 26 attempts. So when you only have 26 attempts, it's very difficult to say, well, you know, he's a, he's a guy. I mean, like when you have 26 rushing attempts and 15 receptions and only seven games, you know, that's not that many touches. I mean, for, for I mean, a season, and that's definitely something to look at. Baltimore, he comes into that system. I don't think he plays that system very well. 
I mean, when does, I mean, Lamar Jackson really just, like, throw to, I mean, just, like, throw out the backfields and stuff like that? You don't see it that much. And also, coming from, for weapons all over the league, I don't care who you are, it's difficult to move team to team during the year. And we always talk about that with with Emmanuel Sanders and how he did a very good job, but some people don't. And this was obviously a case with Ty Montgomery. Baltimore really didn't have a real role for him. They just wanted to add another running back and didn't really work out for them. Now you go back to the year before. In Green Bay, he's he's he was the bona fide starter there for like eight games. I mean, he had five starts in eight games, but he was really coming on there, especially late. And they were giving him touches and everything, and, and that was really good. You're looking at how many touches he had. He had 94 touches, which is again that, I mean, in eight games. It's not. I mean, look, it's not that much, but he only started five of those games. So 94 touches in five starts. I mean, you, you could definitely see he was he was working up to get more. And then the year before, he was the backup, but he did a good job in the backup role and played in the postseason. He was pretty good. He had two touchdowns in the postseason. He did a pretty good job, and I think he filled in just fine. And, again, he averaged in, in, in those two seasons. I mean, look, he had 5.9 yards to carry in 2016 and then a little under 4 yards to carry, which isn't the best. But, again, it is what it is in 2017. Then he got hurt. And then after he got hurt in that 2017 season, there wasn't much about him. But the Packers had a role for him, and that was kind of their flex guy. They did a lot of different things with him. And he played in the slot, he played in the backfield, then he went into a starting role where he had to get carries, and he was pretty successful. Because, I mean, the, the vision was there, and, and I think if you have, as a running back, if you have vision, obviously he has pretty good speed and he has good hands. I mean, look, he can make himself a living here in the NFL. And I, I do think that you put him with a guy like Sean Payton, and if they mesh together, and if Payton really has a vision for him... You could see something special, I think. And I think that he he could be a guy that is definitely more of a receiver next year for the Saints. A running back, look, he's going to be stuck behind Kamara. He's going to be stuck behind um, uh, Murray as well. And even if Kamara gets hurt, Murray's your bell cow, in my opinion. Then you're really not going to see Montgomery get a ton of carries. Now, maybe maybe he does, but I, I, I just don't see... if Let's say Kamara got hurt and he was out for an extended period of time. I don't see... Um, Murray stepping in there and taking uh, like half the carries or taking Kamara's role. I, I just don't see that. He may take a little bit of the rushing role, but just not all of it. So I think it's more the receiving in both ways. He'd be a third down back for Murray, and then also he'd be a guy that I think could play the slot. And I think he could do it at a pretty average level. Now, he's not going to do it every play. He's not going to get a ton of snaps, but I think, look, when you have looks where you have Michael Thomas on the outside, Emmanuel Sanders on the outside... And then you, you you could have Kamara in the game, you could have Cook in the game, and then also you could have Montgomery in the game. You don't really know what's going to happen. It's very difficult, and especially this this is this is big in the insurance for Traquan Smith because if Traquan Smith doesn't play well in the slot, doesn't play well on the outside, and he just has another stinker of a year, this is where Montgomery could step in and thrive. And I do see him, and I and I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I do see him as more of a slot guy for the Saints because his route running in the slot is pretty good. He gets open there, so I do think that's. That's pretty solid when looking at it. And, you know, and, and the Packers really used them that way. Baltimore, they didn't, and the Jets didn't as well. So that's kind of what this is. To me, that's kind of what he's kind of dealt with. Now, you know, I think that if he plays in the slot and gives the Saints 25, 30 catches, that's pretty solid. Now, I mean, to me, he's like a mix between, like, I mean, not a good Alvin Kamara. Like, Alvin Kamara at his worst, Murray. And then also, I see a little Willie Sneed in him as well. So I see a little of everything with him. And I do think that he's a player that can come up in here. He's probably an average player, but an average player that can do a lot of things that are, you know, 
um, at an average level, that's that's a player that's useful, especially when you when their injuries are bound to happen. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking there. I mean, Montgomery's a player that had some really good seasons, and then he just had a few seasons with no touches. Now, obviously, you're thinking, well, why didn't he get those touches? He must have not won in, you know, any training camp battles or what it is. But when you're stuck behind Le'Veon Bell and in that awful jet system, it's not really, you know, when you have a young quarterback and they're not drawing up plays for Ty Montgomery, let's face it, they're not. And then the Baltimore, I don't think there are either, and they were playing with a young quarterback. I mean, the last, I mean, sustained quarterback, because this was in Lamar Jackson's first season, so the last time he didn't play with a young quarterback was with Aaron Rodgers, and he thrived with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he had, I mean, in those 11 starts, he, he did well. I mean, just, I had him in fantasy football, I just remember, and he was solid, really good player. And he got, he's a guy that got a lot of touches, and he, and he did a lot with those touches, um, especially um, in the end of the 2016 going into 2017. He had a good little stretch there, and again, I do think, you should definitely look at that stretch because that was the last time he played with good talent and around him and good coaching. And, I, and not that the, the Ravens don't have good coaching, but again, that's a difficult thing to put a kind of a flex guy into with a rookie quarterback with they're already playing the read option. So it's not really full, but that's just kind of what I'm thinking. And again, I think Ty Montgomery is a guy that coming here, he's going to battle, but I do think he's better than Dwayne Washington to get that, that third, that third, um, running back role. Maybe he's not, but they'll battle for it, and I think right now, Montgomery has the upper hand, and then also, what Montgomery can do, he could also play that receiving role as well, and he's going to bat- battle Traquan Smith probably simultaneously to get that third receiver, or maybe even the fourth receiver, and I do think that right now, I like the Saints having, as your as your um, six wide receivers, you're going to have Thomas, then you're going to have Sanders, you're going to have then Smith, Traquan Smith, then you'll have Montgomery, Harris, and then a sixth guy, probably like a little Humphrey Jordan or a um, Krishan Hogan, someone like that, to kind of round out your group. So that's kind of where I think he fits in. And uh, that's that's kind of my what I envision for him. We'll see what Sean Payton envisions for him. But again, he definitely has potential to be a contributor on this team. Now we'll see if he can put it through and really show some eyes here. So I do think that is a pretty good signing. Now I do think that even this, like the Saints, obviously they felt like they needed to get one more kind of just like like a third receiver or fourth receiver, they did that. Um, and now, just by them making a move like this, I think they will go out and get a defensive lineman. I don't know who it will be, but that's just kind of my opinion. I want to throw it there at the end. Just because they were able to upgrade this position, and to me, this means they're not done. And they're still not done, in my opinion. And um, we'll see what the last move ends up being. But to me, if they, to me, they're still trying to X off boxes. And uh, it seems like for everyone around the Saints, that's kind of still what they're trying to do. They're still trying to add talent. They're still trying to uh, do what they got to do here to get themselves into a Super Bowl position. But now we are going to talk about some history and not about 2020, but about some former seasons. Before we do that, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion and now we are going to continue our ranking of the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era, every team um, for the Saints in that time period. And we have six teams remaining, and we're going to just run through the teams that uh, we already did at this level. And then we'll just basically, we're going to have three this week, uh, or three this episode, I should say, and then three next episode. And then we're done. So the first, the worst team, the 2012 team without Sean Payton, then the 2014 team that kind of just fell apart, kind of, 
And then you had the uh, 2017 big expectations and kind of failed. Then that was kind of just like to me the worst three teams. Like to me, they're easily the worst. But now this next three really to me took kind of that next step. And that was going to be the 2015 team, the 2016 team, and then the 2018 in that order. And then the 2015 team was just kind of like that 2014 team. They had to, you know, get a lot of talent away. So this was kind of just like the, this was the the complete bedrock of the of this this new era, I think, was kind of started in 2015. you got to chop everything down before you can build it back up. So I think that's what 2015, 2016, you're growing more. And it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of, 20, of 2008 a lot. It's kind of that stepping stone year where you lose a lot of close games and stuff like that, but you really next year is their year, and then that's kind of what 20, uh, 2016, and then I did 2008 after that, because 2008, 2009, they won the Super Bowl, so kind of that's kind of how I weighed them. So that was those teams there, so those were the first three, and then the next three teams, and then after that, we were done with our losing teams the Saints, and now we're going to the playoff team. So then I start off with 2010, the year after the Super Bowl, where they lost in the wild card round. And then the last team we did, um, kind of, to me, this is like the lower tier playoff teams for the Saints, and that was the 2013 year where they lost to the Seahawks again. So I, I guess you could call this, call that little group like the Seahawks losing group, because they lost to the Seahawks twice uh, in Seattle both times. So to me, that's pretty interesting. So now we are down to the final six, and to me, this next one, like, to me, all these teams had a chance to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. They didn't, but to me, I think they had a chance, or, well, one did. But I think all these teams had a chance to win the Super Bowl. That just shows you how hard it is to win it. But again, I feel like all these teams, I think one way fell one way or another, maybe differently. You can get some Super Bowl appearances here. So first is 2019, in my opinion. And this year, look, the Saints, to me, were snake-bitten just by... Look, you have Breeze go down in the beginning of the year. And then, to me, this offense... Or not this offense, this team... They got back from and they did very good when Breeze got hurt. And, look, you start the season 10-2. and I mean, like, that's what you want to see. And you only lose one more game throughout there. But I do think that it wasn't, to me, 100% there. No, to me, no... for For this whole year, there were very few games where the offense clicked, the defense clicked, and special teams clicked. The first game, the offense did great, but the defense gave up 28 points and almost blew the game. The second game, Breeze got hurt. Um, Defense didn't play bad, but the offense played really bad. Game three, everyone really came together. Special teams played good. Everyone really played good. It's a good team win. The fourth game, the defense stepped up, but the Saints only scored 12 points. They ended up winning, but they just kind of barely grudged it out. Then you go to week five. The Saints put up a ton of offense. They do give up 24 points at home to the Bucs. So, that's kind of an offensive game. But, again, you kind of play it all together. It was a good win. Then, you win 13-6 at Jacksonville. But that's, again, a defensive win. Week 6, um, week 7, excuse me, is one of those all-around really good wins. But yeah, you, you do see them three wins. And there are obviously a few more like that. Like, they beat the Bucks again. That was kind of an all-around good win. But then, Carolina, the offense played great. Defense played bad. Falcons won. I mean, that was just a weird game because the Saints just got so many turnovers. But, again, that was just, like, just a weird game. The Saints ended up winning it, but, like, the offense didn't play great. The defense didn't play great. They just got a lot of opportune turnovers, and that was enough to win. The 49ers, the defense plays awful. The offense plays great. Everyone brings it together for that game, the Drew Brees game where he broke the record. But then, again, the Titans, they got the, the defense played bad. The Saints ended up winning. And then that last game of the season, they ended up really winning in the playoff game. The offense doesn't really play that good until the fourth quarter. Like, just, it was very up-and-down play, and they end up going 13-3. 
And like that's a credit to the coaching. That's a credit to this team's grittiness of winning. But it didn't translate to the playoffs. And that's why they're here. Look, look, if they want a few more games here, I mean, that's why I just think that this season is going to go down as just what could have been. Like, what if they beat the Falcons at home? I mean, like, what if they beat the 49ers? And that's just kind of how it is. I mean, you win one of those two games, you're 14-2, you're the one seed. And you're the one, you know, the, the, super, the games go through the Superdome. I don't know what would have happened if the Saints got that bye weekend. I don't think anybody would have known because it's just, that happens. And it happened a few times throughout these these last the, you know these last few teams here it's just like well one more game goes their, their way one more game doesn't it's just that's kind of how it is and look when you look at how this team played look it was just last year I probably don't have to remind you but you had Drew Brees only play 11 games but 27 touchdowns in 11 games is ridiculous only four interceptions I mean almost 300 yards in 11 games I mean you just saw it he had a, a really good year in the regular season, just didn't play that good in the playoffs, and I think that hurt them. Teddy Bridgewater, he's he did throw nine touchdowns to two picks in his five starts, and I, I do think that's something, definitely put it to him, because he had a good season. Like, like like those games were good. I mean, he was, a, to me, a above-average player, kind of step above a game manager with the Saints. He had some really good games, some not-so-good games, but he never hurt the Saints. He never lost the Saints games. That was one thing that Teddy Bridgewater never did, was lost the Saints games. And I do think that the Saints played better as a team in those games where Teddy started, especially the defense. I should just say that the defense played better when Teddy started. I mean, these games, I mean, they they do give up 27 points, but the defense played really good in that game. They got a lot of turnovers. They got a, um, a touchdown. So, like, 27 points, a lot of the garbage time. That was a lot of garbage time. Cowboys only giving up 10 points. The defense won that game. Then you only give up you give up 24 to the Bucks, but, again, kind of a garbo. They scored a garbo touchdown there, so... I mean, look, a lot of kind of points were questionable, um, but the defense played really well. Jag, uh, Jaguars, only six points they give up, then 25 to the Bears, but again, a lot of garbage time. Then nine to the Cardinals, that was with Drew Reason. But before that bye week, they played really well. Second half of the year didn't um, play as well on it, and I do think that was a reason that the Saints faltered. For, for whatever it is, I do think that hurt them. And... Uh, Kind of interesting how you're looking at this. And again, the offense looked like it was going in all cylinders. And they just, they don't play well in the playoff game. For whatever reason. And again, when looking at, I mean, these players, you know, you have, your quarterbacks to me play pretty well. You have Taysom Hill, who um, also did a pretty good job in that flex role. Not a quarterback, obviously, but he was a flex player. Did well. Kamara was your leading rusher with 800 yards about. Just a little under, three yards under that. Five touchdowns. Um, rushing, only one receiving. Down year for him. You know, and that's kind of, it was what it is. Worse than all, but look, he still put up 80, 81 receptions, but only 50, 533 yards in that. Like, that's just wasn't as good there. Murray, Xavius Murray, ended with um, 637 yards. So, I mean, he was kind of right with Kamara. Also had five touchdowns, um, and then also had one receiving as well. So, again, I mean, they didn't have the similar output. I think Kamara was obviously a step above. But Murray, I think, had a solid year. Solid. And I, I do think he what he came in here to do was what, was what happened. And I do think he did a good job there. And then Taysom Hill, he's the next guy here. He ends up with um, a touchdown rushing and then six touchdowns receiving. More than Odell Beckham, that's kind of the big thing. A lot, more than a lot of receivers. Six touchdowns is a lot. I mean, he was second on the team. Uh, third on the team, excuse me. Third on the team. And you know, that's pretty good. I mean, he ended up with 19 receptions. So he played. He was solid what he did. Taysom Hill, especially in the red zone, was amazing for this team. Then you had um, Michael Thomas, the best year ever. 
And, like, that's the thing. Like, you had some amazing outright seasons. Drew Brees was great in the regular season. Michael Thomas was great in the regular season. We'll go to the defense. You had some guys that were great. I mean, Jair Cook had a solid year with nine touchdowns. But, again, they just never, like, brought it all together at the right time, in my opinion. You had some games in there that you did, but especially in the playoffs, they did not bring it together. And even some games before the playoffs, like, it was like you won them, and that's a credit to the team and how good coaching and how good grittiness this team had. But, again, they were never able to bring it together. And then it happened in the playoff game, and everyone was like, oh, the Saints then turned it on, and it looked like they were going to go win that game. It did. I mean, look, I'm, I'll be the first person. Like, once they turned it on and Taysom caught that touchdown, I was like, okay, they're going to win. And it was going to be a different way they were going to win. And everyone's going to say, oh, the Saints, they're fine. They just gritty, grind out wins. And it just wasn't the case. So it's a slippery slope when you do that, and it hurt them in the end. So I'm hoping that this year is different. You're hoping that you see domination. And I think the 2018 team saw domination. But this team had a few games where they completely dominated. And I do think that's the reason that, look, you were 13-3, and they did a great job. But again, they weren't fully there. And... Again, I mean, I'm not going to go through as much of these stats because it's so fresh in our mind, but, I mean, DeMario Davis was amazing. Four sacks, over 100, uh, over 110 tackles, over 10 pass defenses with 12. He had also an interception. Von Bell, look, everyone's going to look at his um, his fumbles here, and he was able to, um, he had two forced fumbles, able to recover like six fumbles, something ridiculous like that. I mean, had 90 tackles, had an interception. He had a solid, solid season, very good. And now he's going to be with the Bengals and probably continue his great year. Cameron Jordan, the 15 and a half sacks is ridiculous. I mean, you know, he deserves his all pro, pro bowl, you know, he deserves all that. Marshawn Lattimore had an up and down season. Not up and down, I don't want to say that. He didn't. Um, he had a really good season and then look, he got hurt a little bit and it kind of, it didn't teeter towards the end because he still was fine. The playoff game was just not so good, but he was overall really good. Um, but just that, um, that playoff game just wasn't. He didn't have that good of a game. It wasn't wasn't a one Marshawn Lattimore for sure. But he didn't have a bad year. He had a good year, a solid year. Marshawn Lattimore is in there as a number one corner. Count on him for sure. He definitely proved that for sure, hundred percent. And so to me, that was really good. He ended up with an interception. Marcus Williams had four picks. He ended up. He also had a touchdown. He ended up. To me, I think we kind of know what he's going to be now. And he's a player that. A lot, of, a lot of fans just don't like him. I think he's going to get paid, and I think he's going to get paid by the Saints. Because, let's go back to the season safeties and the corner. Like, the Saints just need a few guys in the secondary that are there long-term because the Saints have, have such a bad secondary at some points that you're like, I mean, look, no one remembers it, but I mean, we've been going through these teams when Corey White was playing and whoever was playing, and again, or like, I mean... It's just there's so many bad players are playing. Like, you want some good players. And, yes, Marcus Williams, he's not the best safety in the league. He's not. But he's a solid player, a really solid player. Look, he the, those tackles, the, the game-ending tackles, they're going to hurt. Like, the, like that, that Vikings game is going to just, whoever he goes with, even if he leaves the Saints, that will be with him throughout his whole career. But, again, he's a solid player, does a lot of great things. You're hoping he takes another jump this year. But, again, he's a player that I think is a solid starter in this league, above-average starter, and again, he, he was a solid he had a solid year. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, really nice rookie season. I think we all knew that. So he played really good. PJ Williams was fine in the slot. Now we're you know we're just gonna be kind of reviewing for next year's season, but we already went through all this. Eli Apple played, but then also we had then Janoris Jenkins later in the season, but Eli Apple started fifteen games for the Saints. Again, really good start to the season. Then not so good late in the season. Kind of a, a trend here for the defense. Uh, but that's kind of what it was there. 
Davenport with six sacks in 13 games, to me, that was solid. You would like the team to take that next step now this year. So we want to, first of all, you want to play a full 16-game season. And if he does play a full 16-game season, I think we will see a high sack total in the in double digits. I, I do think that. And I do think that's really important for him to have a full season. So to me, that's really big. Trey Hendrickson, we just kind of talked all about this last week, so I don't have to get fully into it. Mario Edwards had three sacks. Like That's pretty big for him. Uh, David Onyemata had three sacks. So definitely some good things there for sure. But I think that is going to wrap up our talk on this team. I know we talked about it for a while, so I don't really want to um, talk about it any longer. But that's just kind of what it is on the 2019 Saints. Had all the potential in the world, but just fell short. Moving on to now into our top five. Our fifth team of this Jubilee Champagne era, this fifth best team, and that's going to be the 2017 Saints. Now we're getting really into the nitty gritty here as these really best teams. And to me, when you're looking at this 27 team, it's the first season that the Saints, since that kind of lull between the 2014-2016 season, that they were back to their normal selves. I mean, second in yards, and then they were um, 17th defensively in yards, and then fourth in points and 10th in points. So, I mean, this was a solid team. Very, very solid. And then they started off awful, two bad losses, but then they, they got going. And look, they won. When you win... Um, I mean, they won a ton. I mean, they won eight straight. Like, that's something that we should all... Like, that's big for the Saints, especially then. It was surprising. It was like, win, win. And it just kept on coming. It was just really good. Then they were kind of like back and forth at the end of the year, but they were battle-tested at the end of the year. I thought that they didn't... They did bring it all together at the end of the year because they did win. Um, they, they beat the Jets. They beat the Falcons on Christmas Eve, so that was big. And then they they ended up losing to the Bucks, but they ended up winning the division at that point, so it didn't matter uh, because of the... Um, Panthers lost. So that was kind of it there. And then you saw that, look, you beat the Panthers in the first game, and the Saints had control of that game for most of it. And, you know, the Von Bell sack, they ended up winning. And then you have the Vikings game where you'll lose. But, again, you know, that game is going to haunt the Saints. But this team was better than the 2019 team, better than the 2013 team is. They were, this is when this really started where you saw some really great players like, play their best, in my opinion. Like, even though, like, like when you see Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, when they played together, that was ridiculous. It, it was ridiculous. I mean, the first when they were going back, the boom and zoom, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, Kamara ended up with 13 total touchdowns. Um, Ingram had 12 total touchdowns. It was like both of them were doing great things, and they all, both ended up with, like, 1,500 total yards. And it was just boom and zoom, and it was all great. And Breeze had both of them. And Breeze was playing really good. And then you know, Ted Ginn had a solid year with 53 catches and almost 800 yards. Michael Thomas came came to his own to me as a top five um, wide receiver where he had over 100 catches, over 1,200 yards. I mean, that's really big. And it was really him and not so much after that because Ted Ginn was solid in that number two. But, again, they didn't really have a real tight end this season as, you know, Kobe Fleener and they ended up cutting him. So it was really just Josh Hill there. And, like, for a team not to really have a real receiver, there was, I mean, they ran the ball really good. And they had a great receiver in Michael Thomas. And it didn't mean much after. And this was Drew Brees was still playing at a high level. Again, I mean, Brees ends up with, I mean, 72% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, over 430 yards. That's when you see great stuff. The defense was also solid. Cameron Jordan with 13 sacks. Von Bell had four and a half sacks. I mean, a lot of guys came together and played really good. You had Alex Okafor at uh, 4.5 sacks. Like, that's all really good stuff. And then with the interceptions, this team was a ball-hawking team. They had guys get interceptions, and they had a ton of it. 
I mean, you had Marcus Williams with four interceptions, Kenny Vaccaro with three interceptions, Marshawn Lattimore with five interceptions. And you had also P.J. Williams with two. This team got the turnovers in through the, through the air, and it was really fun to see. It was electric to see. It was really fun. I mean, this team was a really fun team. Now, they end up losing to the, the Vikings, but I think, look, if they hold on that Vikings game, I don't know if that game would have been so easy for the for the Philadelphia. I, I know people were talking about it this week. I don't know about that. I don't think they would have got crushed by Philadelphia. I think it would have been a close game. I don't know how it would have went, but I think it was, would have been a close game. Because this team, they had their really good stretch, and then they were kind of just like back and forth. They ended up winning, um, I mean, they ended up winning, what, 3 of 5, and then 3, I mean, they were like 500 the rest of the way after starting 8-2. and two. But you saw them win some big games. I mean, the ones that they lost, I mean, it was like they lost to the Falcons, but then they beat them, so they split with the Falcons, which is, you know, back then, especially when the Falcons were a good team, that's, I mean, doable, and, like, that was respectable. Then they lost that game against the Rams. That was a tough one. And then that, that Bucks game ends up being bad as well, but, again, ended up, didn't, didn't, ended up not mattering. So, again, to me, this team was really, I mean, you want to talk about them as 11-4, and four, and then you start 0-2, I mean, if you take out those two games, you're 11-3. and Again, so th- this Saints team was really good. And again, I think if they beat Philly, then you're in the Super Bowl and anything could happen. But this team, to me, if any of these Saints teams from the wild card, because, I mean, the 2019 team played, the 2011 team played, all from the wild card, I think this team has one of the better shots to make them because they were battle-tested. And they weren't a 13-3 team, like, why are we playing here? Like, no, they were, they were a team that earned it. And, um... Look, they end up missing a tackle, and that's going to haunt them forever. But again, they ended up... I mean, this was a solid, solid team. And again, um, it really built... This was the building block year for the 2018 season, and obviously for now as well. I mean, this was just like... Everything started, and it, this was a really fun time to be a Saints fan because you were like, we're back. And like, that's really fun to see. And it, it was it was amazing, in my opinion. So I know I told you guys that I would do three teams here. But this has been a long segment. We really, I really got into talking about these two teams, and we're approaching 38 minutes again. So we are going to wrap up this podcast. We're going to do the last four teams in their own separate podcast, so there's no time limits. Best four Saints teams will be the next podcast for sure. I mean, it's probably going to come out um, alongside this episode or maybe just, like, right after it, maybe, like, a day after, like, this episode. Um, I'm, I'm recording this on um, Friday night, but it's probably going to come out for the weekend, Saturday morning. So... It's going to be, let's say, Saturday we put out this episode, and we'll put out one Sunday where we just finish this. I, I just don't want to make this extra long for you guys and listen in for hours and hours. So I do think this will wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, definitely follow me personally on Twitter and the podcast itself. So me personally on Twitter, I'm at Andrew Galata, and then also the podcast is at the Houdat Disc. So definitely check out those two on um, Instagram. We are at Houdat Discussion, the podcast. So definitely check that out as well and then on podcasts definitely as i always say listen to anywhere you want to listen to your podcast because we are on all podcasting sites and stuff like that so again this was a really fun episode we talked about ty montgomery we talked about patrick omame and then we broke down some more of these saints teams sorry it went a little bit long again but um definitely some really great stuff and then also just before i go check out our film study we just put out it's on emmanuel sanders and how he can really become an x factor for the saints so if you haven't watched that, please check that out. To me, it, it did very good for just the first episode on there, or the first kind of film study. I mean, it's over 300 views, which um, as the first one, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty proud of because, again, it was just the first one. I'm hoping for great things with it and for it to get popular, just like the podcast and all that fun stuff. But especially for um, this just first first one, I was very happy with that outcome. And 
Um, hopefully, if you haven't listened to it, definitely give it a, ch- uh, a check out and definitely look at it. Um, I know it's a little long, but it gives you a perfect, just perfect breakdown of Emmanuel Sanders. So I really hope you guys enjoy that. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you, run it back, and who dat?